Hello and welcome back to Cotton Mouse Manchester, the podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford, and to our series of Life in a Time of Coronavirus. Again, apologies for the audio, though our friends at Blueprint Studio will be doing their best. And your usual reminder that events are moving so fast that this might already be out of date when it's published, broadcast, whatever it is. Uh, it was recorded about midday on the 24th. And today I'm talking to Lucy Powell, MP for Manchester Central. Lucy's been the MP for the city centre since 2012. Thank you for joining us, Lucy. Um, to start with, can you just sort of give us uh, your impression of um, your last 10, 11, 12 days? Well, I mean, like everybody else, just the whole world's turned upside down, hasn't it? Um, politics has turned upside down. All our home lives, work lives have completely sort of turned upside down. So, yeah, just trying to come to terms with that new normal, really. and. Um, and it, you know, it's also been incredibly sort of busy as a member of parliament and a lot of uncertainty for for people, a lot of huge amounts of worry. Um, a lot of people want, you know, from everything from people stuck abroad, uh, can't get home to bar and club owners and other, other people, other businesses in Manchester, just not knowing what on earth is going to happen for their, for their businesses, a whole range of things. People worried about the legislation that's coming, people vulnerable and anxious people worried at home. So the amount of casework has just gone through gone through the roof as well. But we're all trying to cope with that, working from home, all my staff working from home as well. Um, so, uh, you know, at the same time as, yeah, I've got my kids at home and <laughs> all, all of that. So, um all, yeah, just got to take each day as it comes, right? We're all trying to learn new ways of working, aren't we, on, on the hoof? Yeah, like Zoom. <laughs> like Zoom, yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, th- there have been a few debates, which have, have they been live streamed or in involvement, or is that just committees at the moment? No, it's, I mean, I've, I've been really annoyed about how slow Parliament's been, to be honest, to, to get itself in this new world of working. Um, you know, I... I on top of everything else, I mean, my husband's an A&E doctor, so obviously he's under huge pressure at work. The last thing we need is for someone here to fall fall ill because then he would have to be off work for, for two weeks as well. So I took the decision a while ago to stop going to London. I, I was I was in London on the the Monday um, that we were first told to sort of socially distance. How long ago was that now? When when basically when the clubs and bars were. Uh, effectively shut down without really being shut down. Was that like a week ago? Eight, eight days ago, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Lose track of time. So eight days ago, I was in London that day. I wasn't sure about going to Parliament already at that point. Um, I went into uh, the statement that there was in the chamber with the health secretary that day, thinking that nobody else would be there. And it was absolutely rammed packed. So I, I sort of left straight away. And then wrapped up sort of work down there and, and headed back to Manchester and I haven't been I haven't been back since. Um, obviously I've been raising issues directly with ministers and <clears throat> so on as 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 you can do, but I really feel that Parliament should have practiced what it was preaching a lot sooner. It's still sitting as normal at the moment. Um, because you know, yes, of course, questions need to be asked and Parliament needs to be there to hold the government to account uh, for, for what it's doing. But for people that are following the guidance and not do, not going to, to Parliament for non-essential sort of business, there, there needs to be a better way for that voice to be heard 
from around the country because at the moment really parliament's just the the domain of the london-based sort of fit and well really which is not which is not much doable so we finally got a, a select committee hearing that's happening tomorrow online um via zoom um but other than that it's, it's been very very slow moving yeah and i guess if it is only the london mps and the southeastern mps i mean at the moment um, London is the site of in, infect, ma- major infection, isn't it? So it's also maybe some of the policy decisions is taken on the fact that actually there's a, there's a far greater number of infections in London than there is certainly here. And the more you go out to the rural world, though people are self-isolating, there actually isn't a huge rate of infection at the moment. No, absolutely. I mean, London, yeah, has been at the epicentre, but also, to be honest, Parliament. I mean, loads of MPs yeah. have had it <laughs> or have got it. Uh, loads more than you would even know about because obviously people are not being tested in that routine way now. So um, I, I would say like at least two dozen, if not more, MPs, which is quite a high proportion out of sort of six hundred. Um, so there's obviously there's obviously sort of something going round, and and I, I, I actually think it's pretty appalling, really, that that, that Parliament's still meeting in that way. Um, spreading the virus and then yeah potentially those people then fanning out across the country to sort of spread it further uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit ridiculous so I've written to the speaker about it I've, I've been quite vocal about it um, other MPs just sort of don't want to give up the way of working but you know frankly we're just not in that place now are we so I think Parliament's supposed to go into recess tomorrow so um, after tomorrow's uh, out of the way they'll go into recess but it really needs to use that time to work out because the chances of us coming back and sitting as normal in two and a half weeks' time when we're supposed to come back, I think, are pretty slim. So um, we need to work out how, how best we can directly hold ministers to account. Yeah, I guess that's going to be one of the questions. Obviously, the, 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 we're speaking on Tuesday at midday. I believe the bill is going through tonight for coronavirus. And uh, the government has added the... Uh, not to be rolled over after six months, but uh, but I guess in in this sort of situation, there's there is that fear of well, you still have to do your job of holding the government to account, and you still have to make sure that they're not um, taking the whatever in certain circumstances, or just doing policy because they're panicked at particular. Yeah, and I mean, look, there's going to be a certain amount of that, isn't there? I mean, this is totally unprecedented. So, I think you know, my my approach is that I'm kind of largely supportive of, of, of the government actions um, because, you know, their role in this is not as a political party. It's as quasi sort of uh, legal government, you know, it's a governmental kind of establishment sort of decision-making um, that's happening as, as quickly as possible. And I don't think now's the time to really be making kind of political point scoring points at all. Um, but that's, different from the necessary sort of scrutiny, probing, question asking that that needs to happen. That's our job because we're in touch with people on the ground. We're in touch with businesses, with individuals, with those who are stuck abroad or whatever. um, And we're here to represent them. So we have to be able to scrutinise and raise those issues directly, directly with the government um, through through some of the usual um, channels. Um, and we can do some of that online. I mean, it doesn't have to be um, that we have to physically be there. Um, and, and obviously, once the, leg- the legislation's now passed, there won't, won't be any further votes in Parliament. Um, and I think that's the thing that people didn't want to, to change 
the precedent on voting, um, physically being there to vote. Um, but all, all the other stuff, um, you know, Prime Minister's questions and things, why, could, why couldn't that happen by a, by a Zoom? It's not beyond the realms, is it? Um, have you found sort of more willingness from the government and from ministers um, to actually listen to MPs of whatever parties? Is, is there a sort of more collegiate fi- feeling of we are all in this together and we need ideas? Yes, I think there is. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the sort of shadow cabinet or the, the sort of top echelons there, but certainly under the Privy Council kind of mechanism and ruling, so senior members of the shadow cabinet are also members of the Privy Council, and it's under Privy Council rules that um, that, that, that cross-party working happens. So your regular briefings and discussions with ministers and their opposition counterparts um, that's that's kind of become normalised, really. And, yeah, definitely, I think, I mean, look, obviously there are still a number of kind of big issues and a number of very sort of smaller, you know, you know wide range of, sort of smaller issues that still need to be worked through, uh, especially in relation to the economic kind of consequences of all this, but but not not just economic consequences. But I think on the whole... Uh, you know the government, as the government of the country, I don't see that say this from a sort of party political point of view. I think they seem to be trying to do the right thing as quickly as possible. Um, we'd like that to you know go 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 further at times or whatever. But it's been a relief in a way, as a as a sort of politician, that this some of these things have not been um, had to be sort of dragged out of people. Um, you know, so badly. Obviously, the, the, the key issue of sort of self-employed and freelancers, I think we'll hear something on that in the next few hours. Um, they, you know, I think the, the government are just trying to work out the best way of doing that more than that there's a there's a kind of any in principle objection to doing it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, at least, at, at, at least things are happening at pace and in the way that they need to happen. Um, yeah, then, so credit um, where credit's due. Sorry, um, moving forward, um, I mean, the businesses in the in Manchester City Centre, um, what are they telling you they need now? Uh, and, you know, given that we're not looking probably, I mean, we're talking about a three-week lockdown, but it probably is going to be extended and we're looking at at least three months, if, if not longer. Um, so for businesses to continue to survive beyond that point, what, what are they telling you that they need beyond the uh, uh, huge package that, that's already gone through? Well, there's a whole range of things um, that people have been uh, raising. I mean, look, it, I, I, will it go longer than three months? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, obviously, parts of China, other parts of the of the world, you know, it's it's been it's been weeks, not months. Um, obviously, Wuhan's been been longer, but um, and you know, Italy's in quite a difficult situation. So, you know, we'll have we'll have to see. Um, and certainly, there are there are much greater challenges in London than there are in Manchester and, and, and elsewhere. But, um, you know, we ha- I know in, in other parts of China and Hong Kong, it's been seven, seven weeks and now restaurants and bars and things are beginning to reopen. And, you know, there's a certain amount of um, normalising coming back, notwithstanding that people have got to show their health card and have regular, uh, have their temperature taken regularly and that kind of thing. So, you know, we might not be talking many months but let's see I mean I think that's the the, the key issue but what are businesses raising all sorts of things I mean 
for some businesses, there are issues around this, the loans package and whether they're allowed to take the loans package, state aid rules, who qualifies. I think um, smaller businesses are just trying to work out kind of cash flow. Um, your rent, commercial rent issues is, is quite a big one. Um, and uh, obviously, I mean, there's a mammoth, I've got a mammoth amount of, uh, of casework at the moment about self-employed and free, freelancers as well and how that's going to play out. Um, some licensing issues, uh, you know, and obviously every day brings new challenges. You know, can I continue doing takeouts? I've just, just started to get to the point where I was doing takeaways and, you know, now is that something that's, that's viable? So uh, every day there's a, there's a new challenge that, that arises. Um, I'm just trying to do our best to sort of communicate that um, as and when we can. Sorry, my child's got to get back at Chris. This is, this is the Zoom world, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's interesting. Presumably, have you, have you personally given given your husband is an A and E doctor? Have you have you sort of personally had a um, a sort of dosing of all the knowledge that you can get about how viruses spread in the, in the last couple of weeks as a result of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been, I mean, we actually, I had to ban the topic about three or four weeks ago because um, he, he's been obsessed about it for weeks and weeks. Um, and, you know, obviously sort of personally quite worried about it as well because, you know, there's quite, a, a, there are some risks to those on the, on the front line. Um so yeah, I mean, I get regular updates. He 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 runs the A and E department in his hospital, which is actually Warrington. So it's not sort of central Manchester, um, you know. And at the moment, number of cases there and across Manchester, seriously ill cases are still relatively low. Um, so long may that continue. The more people adhere to the to the lockdown and uh, to all the measures, you know, we might be able to to keep that at bay in this region. And that would be, that would be fantastic as long as people do, do adhere to that. And in fact, A&E has been quieter than ever the last two or three weeks because people aren't attending unnecessarily. Um, people aren't, you know, getting involved in accidents. People aren't drunk and disorderly and all the other sort of things that, that, that do come in. Um, you know, I mean, actually the other evening, you know, he had more more lot more people coming in having um taken an overdose because of anxiety and all the sort of that's coming around from coronavirus so you know it, it does give me a different context sometimes um yeah and he's been bang been banging on to me about this issue about viral load as well which um doesn't seem to be getting much uh, coverage or understood but you know that the severity of of, of of the virus if you're exposed to a lot of it very quickly um which is why there's a challenge for medics that's what's why there's this sort of anxiety about visiting family and friends and uh, the virus being passed amongst um you know younger householders in london and on the tube and that kind of thing you can be exposed if you're exposed to a lot of the virus in one go um, at the beginning, then you can get extremely severe symptoms, uh, as opposed to if you're just mildly exposed to it, that's where you get the mild symptoms often. Yeah, so if you're taking all those precautions, the washing of hands, I see more and more people wearing those disposable plastic gloves when they're out and about because of the fear of the virus being maintained on metal. But um, though that is a fear, it's, it's a tiny dose compared to what somebody actually working in a hospital would get. Um, exactly. And so the rate of death of medics has been really, really high, hasn't it? That's one of the scariest things. It is, yeah. 
Um, especially, uh, you know, obviously Italy early on didn't seem mm. to know exactly what they were up against, so didn't have the rights or protected clothing. Um, that is a worry for, for um, you know, medics here. Uh, there is a lot more of the protective clothing, but you know, is is there enough of it? Is there enough of it? Because obviously, they have to change that every time they've seen somebody. You know, how much does it stay on their clothing and and all of those things? So, um, you, yeah. and you've talked about broadly being supportive of, of what the government's done, and I think um, though there's been some criticism. I think um, I guess the reality is. Uh, you can't simultaneously prepare for every possible emergency um, across a bureaucracy in a government. And um, what, though, over the next couple of weeks, now announced lockdown, what what would you like to see them do? I know there's been some um, some muted criticism about, um, I guess, the lack of comms around this stuff. I, I've, just, I've just got my text through on my mobile phone from gov.uk about um, COVID-19. Um, is it now about communication stuff? And then, you know, on a, on a, on a uh, fiscal framework, providing help for the self-employed, is there is there anything more major that they could be doing? I mean, I think the comms stuff is 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 an issue because um, some of those things haven't been haven't been clear enough, and and I think that's why sort of having drawing a line under that sand almost last night with a a big moment, a big statement that was sort of scripted, it was very clear. I mean. You know, for me personally, everything that was said last night, I've been, that's how I've, we've been living as a, as a family for the last few days anyway, because that's how I'd interpreted the advice so far. Clearly, that was not how others had interpreted it. And there's, you know, there's many question marks and people are being asked to give up, give up a lot of things. So, yeah, I think we need to do more on the comms um, and be consistent with that and keep that going. There's still a number of um, of the economic package areas that need ironing out, as well as you know extra uh, input. Um, so, so we'll, we'll continue to look at that. I think obviously the the public health issues and you know making sure we've got the right equipment and supplies, and that we're doing all we can to kind of. Um, find new ways of treatment and everything else that's going to be you know obviously a big big area of work and then I think you know I think as we as people sort of settle into this sort of new way of life in some kind of um, confidence that they won't get evicted from their house that they'll still have some kind of income and all of that I think you know the social impact will be will be what starts emerging you know a, a lot more as well so the, the costs of isolation, you know, old, older people in, in isolation, we, you know, evidence is really, really clear, you know, six months living in your home on your own can knock several years off your, off your life as a, as an older person. Um, those who are in situations of domestic violence, those who are in difficult, um, children growing up in difficult situations, chaotic, abusive, uh, home lives and, and the challenge, the extra pressures that's going to put on children's services all the teenagers who've got absolutely, you know, frankly, bugger all to do now for, for months, especially those that had exams to do, um, you know, social disorder that can come come with that, suicide rates that will, 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 will increase and so on. So I think some of those things will start to come to the fore as we, as we get some greater confidence in the, in the economic sort of situation and, and, and what comes with that. So, 
you know, this this will be ever evolving. Um, it's not. It's not. It's certainly not going to be static. Um, and, and finally, given the uh, instructions that came through um, on on Monday night, um, what's your 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 appeal or statement to uh, your constituents and the, and the businesses of the uh, city centre? Well, to, to really follow that advice and to think very carefully about those non-essential uh, trips or visits or, or, or communication, uh, you know, physical communication with, with others and uh, to, to stay at home wherever that is possible as much as that is possible. Think of others as well. Um, be mindful of others who are working on the front line. Be mindful of those who are vulnerable before sort of stockpiling and getting into a getting into a panic. And I think you know it's really difficult to not see close family and friends, especially people that are living on on their own. But we the, the, the familial contact, you know, that sort of close contact with either family or, or groups of friends is, is the worst possible kind of contact for transmitting this viral load, for transmitting a large dose of the virus when you don't even know you're carrying it. And that's where the severe cases come in. So, you know, I think people will think, oh, well, I'll just pop and see my cousin or I'll just pop and see my mum just once, you know, that's you really, for this to take effect, and therefore, for hopefully this situation to be over sooner rather than later, the more we are very, very strict with ourselves now for this next three weeks or six weeks or however long the, the most uh, draconian of the measures are in place, the shorter the lifespan of, of, of the situation. So, you know, I've not seen my mum or my dad. They only sort of live around the corner my kids are absolutely desperate to see their cousins and things like that, or just have any contact with anyone. And, you know, and, it, and it's, it's going to be sort of tough, but like we'll have to sort of muddle through and, and, you know, just find the, find the kind of uh, things in life that you weren't appreciating before. And in a way, it's, you know, these sorts of times we won't get it, we won't get again either to, to, uh, to just not be, on that kind of wheel, a horrible wheel that we all exist on most of the rest of the time. So um, let, let, let's try and appreciate the kind of small things and the, and the time that we've that we that we have got, but be really strict about it. And it's it's been good to hear um, quite a lot of birdsong in Manchester City Centre over the last couple of days. Usually drowned by the traffic, so looking for the good things in life. Definitely. Well, we went to our local park here in Manchester. Um, today for our one daily bike ride and um you know there was a, a huge great big heron um wow. in the park so uh, my kids are really into birds anyway but you know never seen a heron there before so you know you can, you can find the time the nature could yeah and the butterflies are out and you know so we'll try and enjoy those things looking for the silver linings thank you very much lucy thank you